Hi there gang and welcome to episode 8 of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host Neil Buyan and today's guest is Jordan Cornish. He's an ex-recruiter that's now been a BDR for 9 months at Showpad. We're going to be learning about how he's overcome his anxieties when getting nervous, also how he uses video in prospecting messaging, but also how he manages his time being a father and a great BDR. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name. And every Tuesday at 8am, we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So guys, I want to introduce our next special guest. This is Jordan Cornish from uh, a BDR from Showpad. Uh, Jordan, somebody that caught my eye earlier this year on LinkedIn when I saw a really great post from a new dad uh, that was giving some advice to us uh, in sales, but not just only in sales. And I've been watching Jordan from afar ever since. And during lockdown, we had the opportunity to connect I learned a bit about Jordan's uh, BDR story at Showpad and things that he was doing before, and I thought it'd be great to get him on the show. So Jordan, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining the SDR Disco Call podcast. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, great, thanks. And thank you for inviting me. It's, um, it's always been a target of mine to come and do something like this, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much, dude. And uh, for the listeners out there that can't see you, could you tell us a little bit like who are you, where are you from, and currently what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm Jordan Cornish, uh, J-O-R-D-O-N. Cornish is in pasty. Uh, I live in Kent, Tunbridge Wells, to be precise, and I'm from uh, sunny, sunny Weymouth, which is a seaside town in Dorset. So I'm a BDR at Showpad at the moment, which is a uh, sales enablement provider. So they work with sales and marketing to ensure that all content information, training, coaching is easily delivered to training uh, to sellers so that they are always at the best, basically. And uh, a little bit about yourself. So I was like reading um, on your LinkedIn profile and as mentioned, you're somebody that always is open to discussing sales, best practices and trending challenges or even pointers around newborns. Um, who are the sort of people that you speak to like persona wise as a BDR at Showpad? Who are the people that you normally talk to, Jordan? Yeah, so it varies a little bit. So within the marketing realm, it's, um, you know, anyone from VP of marketing to kind of marketing managers, uh, content specialists, product marketing. Within sales, it's, you know, revenue officers, uh, kind of general sales leaders. And then you've got kind of on the other side, sales enablement, uh, revenue operations, that kind of stuff. So a mixed bag, but kind of all similar priorities. Love it, man. Thank you. Um, and obviously, um, you're a BDR, so you're 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 in the role of business development, and you're helping with Showpad as well. Um, and I remember my times at Showpad. Um, I get to meet a lot of salespeople, share best practices and stuff, and that sort of stuff. I could take to like execute in my own sort of job back then. What kind of cool tips and tricks do you get to learn, like from uh, other sellers? From other sellers, uh, tips and tricks, I suppose. Pausing was a huge one. Um, my brain goes a hundred miles an hour. So when people said to me, you know, Jordan, just slow down a little bit, it's helped me not only professionally but in my personal life. So that was that was cool. Um every day's a school day, so just always have an open mind. Just be willing to learn. Don't worry about failing, that kind of stuff. Um, we all have our first day at some point. So th- th- like they're all great tips and they will stick with me literally every day throughout my career so far. 
Uh, so yeah, I love it. Thank you. And um, so before we get into like the the SDR BDR story at Chopin, kind of like what was your route into sales? Like how did you get interested? What was it about it that kind of like took you where you are today, mate? Yeah, good question. So I've always been in what customer facing roles since I was young. Like I had my first job when I was 12, worked at a restaurant. I just enjoyed interacting with people. Um, Then I went through to university, studied finance and then kind of into recruitment which was my first like proper sales job um i knew about the bdr world and what they do but ended up in that realm so yeah i loved that and i was learning about technology all the time learning about the the SaaS industry uh somebody reached out to me and said you know would you consider a move and i was like it's an interesting space let's connect uh which we did learned more about the company the characteristics Mm. and it aligned with my skills i thought yeah let's do it Perfect. And I think there's probably a lot of listeners out there that could be contemplating that jump or getting into SaaS and, you know, being a sales development rep. What was it about that person that reached out to you that made you think, hmm, do you know what, I'd actually give it some time of day and thought as to it could be a possibility for me. What was it about it that like, intrigued you? Yeah, so like just identified, first of all, some of the key characteristics of recruiters, just said, like, I know these are skills of recruiters. It's transferable to this industry because, and then just tailored it to my background, just saw that, um, like, I did well academically, so I must like learning, um, and, and went from there, really. So just, yeah, really good recruiter as well. You sold it to me well. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I remember you saying, like, um, in our chat a few weeks ago, so, like, you was doing um, your re- the recruitment job in itself. Mm. You did find it wasn't as fast-paced or laborious. It was a bit laborious compared to, like, where you wanted to be in life. Um, and then you made that jump to, to kind of get into SaaS. What was kind of the differences for you from, like, being a recruiter to then being, like, a BDR? What were the main differences you found? <sighs> yeah, that's, again, it's a good question. It's completely different. Like, I suppose metrics are important. I think recruitment I found personally was more um, activity driven, just trying to get as much out the door, I suppose. Um, and it's not really focused around a product either. So trying to sell value is a lot different. Um, recruitment, sorry, was a lot quicker, actually, which is very transactional. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm finding so far in SaaS that, you know, you're really building relationships and helping somebody towards a goal that they have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And um, like when you're obviously, like as you said, in recruitment, things are a bit more transactional. You're trying to sell this value of service and now you're going into more of a podric, <laughs> product centric. <laughs> You've actually got a commodity, something, a solution that can help them out with. Um, and changing that mindset, because I've met a lot of great BDRs and SDRs that were once recruiters. Mm. And a lot of them tell me it's all those first couple of weeks, the onboarding, the the hunger to, you know, the hunger to learn. And stuff. What what kind of was your onboarding experience like? What things were you learning? What was a bit scary? And how did you overcome those sort of challenges? Uh, yeah, good question. So, not a shameless plug, but I was quite lucky because Shop had support with onboarding. So, in terms of that, my one to ninety days was quite structured. Um, you know, coming in, it was just a good energy from day one. Like day one was literally they had delivery for the entire team. It was Lebanese. It was my favorite. It was great. Nice. Um, thereafter, my colleagues were all super friendly. And then I transitioned. So it was the end of year into the new financial year for Showpad. So RKO was coming up. Everybody was buzzed about that. I went to that and, you know, it was inspiring. It was energetic and it was just the best way to kick off a new job. I went into England like, yes, I could do this. We can do this kind of thing. So, yeah, it's great. 
Perfect. So if I get it right, it's a case of um, you had RKO, the revenue kickoff, you had delivery, you like get to meet all your team members, and then you had a structured onboarding plan as well for your first 90 days. I think that's something really interesting because I speak to a lot of SDRs and SDR managers, and they always say kind of what is the best you know, onboarding uh, approach. Like sometimes people think it's, well, watch a couple of YouTube videos, look at our you know, latest demo, uh, and then you should be ready to fly out the door and start calling people. But I think you and me both know that's not a really great onboarding for an SDR or BDR. In your opinion, what does a good onboarding uh, process look like, Jordan? Yeah, so I, I can only say for, for for me personally as well, what I found really helpful is kind of a, a mix of, you know, classroom-based sessions, product-led sessions, um, information that you can kind of go and do your own research, um, accessibility to your peers. So, you know, understanding what their challenges were, what works well for them, because that's the fast route to just get around the challenges before you even get to experience them, you know, Mm. kind of a mix of that, I would say is is the most important thing. Love it. Thank you. And um, another interesting piece that you said, um, something that you've come to understand whilst being at a BDR at Showpad and something which you think is very important to yourself is emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence uh, means a lot of things for different people. But for you, what do you what what is emotional intelligence, and why do you think it's important for you, like in your in your role today, mate? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's important in the role, but I think it's just important in life in general, right? It's, you should always be able to read a room to see what language you should be using. You know, when you could challenge, for example, when it's okay to make a suggestion. Um, it's not something everyone is just born with and it takes a while to develop, but it's so helpful. Um, the better you get at it. And, and and it's fundamental for an SDR, I'd say, as well. Yeah. And as, like you said, it's fundamental for an SDR. It's like things like knowing where, how to read a room, what language to use with, I don't know, particular personas and stuff. How did you go about learning this sort of stuff? Like, what was your trial and error process like to, to get to know what you should and what shouldn't be talking about at certain times? Yeah, just making notes. Uh, like if a call ended, for example, why did it end? What could I have said to continue that? What, why didn't I challenge that uh, th- that challenge that they, they mentioned, for example? Um, was I too pally when I called this person up? Actually, they don't know me. Should, should I be calling them uh, buddy? Not that I ever do, but kind of just <laughs> just trial and error as you go, really. Um, yeah. like it's right to fail, isn't it? As long as you uh, assess that as you go. <laughs> Definitely. And I think um, something I used to do a lot of the time was, I think, when learning to be an SDR or an SDR manager, whatever, I'd always try to put like maybe a 15 minute block at the end of my day or at the end of my week to kind of relook at my calendar and think, okay, what went well, what didn't go so well, and try to understand how could I have done it better and always try to improve upon myself. Um, and it's something that I mentioned to a lot of SDRs, like when I look at their calendars, I say, so where's your reflection like points in? And they're mm. like, I don't have them. I just do, Neil, you know, <laughs> but how do you kind of like self-reflect as to like how your performance is going and how do you, you know, go about to try and improve yourself, Jordan? Yeah, it's a good question. So there was a chap um, in, in the first recruitment role that taught me that you should be at the end of every day assessing what went well, what went wrong, um, looking how to improve on what went wrong and looking how to replicate what went well. So that was uh, quite important. So I pulled all those together at the end of the week on a Sunday. I assessed that and I say, okay, cool, let's do more of this. Let's do less of this. Or how can I improve on 
what went wrong, for example. So that comes into my week that's broken down into, you know, the strategic research parts of it, the outbound part of it, which is a major part of the job, but the self-development part, which is mm. it, it's fundamental for success for, for all of us, really. Wicked. And on the subject of like your day, like you said, you're doing business development, you're doing sales development, you're doing personal development. What does the average day look like for Jordan? And like kind of how, how do you plan your weeks, dude? Yeah, good question. Uh, so it, it varies on the particular day. So when you say plan week, I plan month. <laughs> okay. So I want to achieve that month and then I break that down weekly. So on a Sunday evening, I'll plan all the specific tasks, whether that's like volume or um, areas I want to focus on that week. Maybe it's new sequences I need to edit, for, for example. And then each single day, I'll create a checklist of activities that I need to achieve mm. to by the end of the week achieve those goals for the week, if that makes sense. So you could do it a multitude of different ways. I think some people use the Eisenhower matrix, which is prioritizing importance. Um, it, it really varies, right? It depends what works best for you. But that, yeah, that's how I do it. I love it. And you said something really interesting there. You said like Sunday evening, you're kind of doing a little bit of prep for your week. And it's something that I still do and I used to do. Mm. But when I say to students, um, yeah, so kind of like get your laptop open on a Sunday evening before you go into work the next day. And I get a lot of people look at me like, well, no, dude, that's my weekend. I'm, I'm not going to be doing any work then. Why do you choose Sundays? Like, what, what's it about Sundays for you to get you ready? Yeah, so I had a personal development coach a while ago from Aston Employer, actually. And they taught me the difference between being proactive and reactive. So by the time you get into work at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning, you're already behind everybody else because most people have already planned their week. Your competitors are already reaching out. So it's important to be ahead and have a structure because if you've mm. got... <laughs> It's cheesy, but somebody taught me if you've, you know, if you don't plan, then you're, you're planning to fail ultimately, right? So it's better to be proactive. I love it. And um, so there's obviously being proactive and consistent. And I know through the last few months, it's been a hell of a lot of hard for us in terms of prospecting, having speaking to people because of the current climate. Mm. How do you keep yourself going, especially during tough times? How does your schedule help you out there? Kind of, oh, yeah, okay. So I'm extremely um, structured. <laughs> so I plan everything ahead, which is sometimes a good thing, sometimes a, a bad thing in terms of like keeping motivated or, or the energy up. It's, it's not too difficult. I'm a Gemini, so we've got a lot of energy. Um, yeah. But ultimately, like a bad day only has, what, 24 hours. So at the end of the day, you just assess what went wrong, plan for the next day, and then just have a great one the next day, right? Because you know what went wrong and you know what not to do. I agree with you, dude. Every day is a chance to be reborn. And I think it's equally important to let go of the day before that's just gone on. Because mm. I can sometimes see that happening. And it happened to me as well as an SDR. If I had a bad day or two, or perhaps like that enterprise meeting that I was looking to book cancelled last minute, mm. then that could then propel into the following days. And it really did affect my mindset. So I think I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that you do the reflection as well. And then you, like you say, like you can have a go at it tomorrow. It's a new day and there's something else that could come out of it. Um, so also what I'd love to kind of understand is like with sales itself for you, like why did you want to get into sales and kind of where, where is your future going? Where do you want to kind of end up in the, in, in the years to come? yeah and that's a good question to ask me because i said i plan loads <laughs> but it's, it's <laughs> being completely honest it's, it's multiple routes um i mentioned before like i'd always been in customer facing roles whether that was like sales or 
even as a waiter, right, your customer experience is, is so important. So I, t- I decided I wanted to go into something that involved speaking to people, helping people. Um, recruitment was the first avenue for that. And after, you know, connecting with these people, I decided uh, this was a better route. So for me, at the moment, I really just want to focus on mastering what I'm doing at the moment in the short term, getting mm-hmm. the skills to set up for success. After that, definitely AE. So I can continue to learn more, be involved in the customer journey. Um, and then down the line, leadership, because I love helping people, right? Not just internally, mm. but uh, externally. So help others to help their customers, you know? So down the line, <laughs> got to manage my own expectations, but down the line, yeah. that's that's the trajectory. Uh, I've met a lot of people that have had similar plans. I had exactly the same plan as well. Um, and to your point, there are different avenues, there are different ways to get there. And one thing that I'm hearing a lot from you is around personal development. So I speak to a lot of SDRs, Jordan, where they're like, this is a path, they want to get into an SDR, they want to be an AE, and then maybe one day they want to be a VP of sales. Mm. Um, and I've seen some SDRs that have maybe been a year or two in, and they then come back to me and said, Neil, I haven't had that promotion, they haven't asked me about this, they're not offering anything, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And my first question is, what have you been doing to help yourself? Um, so my question to you, Jordan, is with these things that you want to do, what kind of things do you have in plan? It doesn't have to be planned right now, but what yeah. things would you like to do that you think could help you out to get to that path? Good question. Um, yeah, okay, cool. So in terms of AE, um, understanding sales processes more, being a better communicator, being able to understand customers uh, communication and, and be able to deliver value back to it is super super important so just learning the key key communication skills required beforehand in terms of the leadership piece i suppose like i'm already starting by talking now with you for example um i'm, I'm actually i used to be a really nervous communicator until i took like public speaking and agreed to kind of come on here because i thought it would benefit so just being able to have the confidence i think as well is feeding into that at the moment it's very early stage as i get further i'll develop more skills right you will indeed and i think you have been very confident since we've uh, both first started talking so well done on that point and i'm happy to hear this is helping you on that journey um and i think another thing that was always important to me was being able to speak to leadership so the guys that have already done that been there worn the t-shirt to kind of Mm. get their thoughts on what i'm currently doing how does it work with you like when you're speaking to your management um you know like for coaching etc to help you progress how how does that look today dude yeah so it's something that's in terms of asking for feedback something i've got way better at because i used to just jump the gun and go straight to them like hey how can i improve um as opposed to conducting a self-assessment seeing what my weaknesses are first then taking that to your leadership so to speak um, to develop and then create a plan from, which is which is now the route that we're taking. And Tropad have been great, actually, in uh, laying out career trajectories and, and plans to help you develop, which is cool. And then from a like personal side of not asking my manager, like I, I'll, I'll just ask people within our space. Like I'll just drop someone a message on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, Revenue Collective has been great for this as well, to just interact with people. Um, and find out more about their careers and leadership uh, responsibilities. Definitely. And we're going to come on to Revenue Collective in a moment, but I think something definitely to help you out on, 
that my so I used to have a manager at Showpad called uh, she was called Celine Vincent. Mm-hmm. She was my first boss and my first SDR manager at Showpad. She's a, a great, super smart individual. Um, and I used to go to Celine all the time on Slack or on Zoom meetings like, Celine, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? And every time we'd sit down with a one-to-one, it would last probably about half an hour, 40 minutes, um, where I'd just be picking her brain because I was hungry. I wanted to learn, you know, I wanted to be the best that I could be. And then she gave me some advice. She said, Neil, next time you want to ask me a question, like by all means, always ask me. Like I'm always happy to answer. But ask yourself the same question three times. Mm. So, for example, um, I'm worried that a prospect hasn't got back to me on an email or they haven't returned my call, etc. So I'd ask myself, so what should I do, Neil? And then I'd say, okay, maybe send them an email. Then I'd ask them again, all right, uh, what would I do, Neil? Perhaps connect with them on LinkedIn, share a, a relevant piece of content to kind of excite them. Uh, what else could I do, Neil? I could reach out to a colleague that's on their team to see if they're having any sort of discussions around the solution, etc. And this is a technique that I teach to a lot of my students because I get slacked a lot and I get a lot of messages. And my first question back to people is like, what have you thought about it? Like, how do you think about it? So that's my advice as well when we're trying to get feedback because I was always hungry for feedback, always honest. And people were saying, you ask so many questions. Mm. I said, yeah, because I really want to improve, you know. Mm. Um, but you, in, you, you mentioned with Revenue Collective. So there's probably a lot of people out there that may not be aware of what is Revenue Collective and kind of what do they do. Mm. So I'd love to know who are they, what do they do, and how, how did you get involved with them, Jordan? Um, yeah, okay, cool. So I, I knew what they were when I was in recruitment, uh, just because most sales leaders, marketing leaders, anyone that's kind of like a C-level, we're involved with them. Um, and they're kind of like a, a think tank group that come together to, I suppose, support each other, right, in, in, in growth. So they work for all like high growth tech companies or, or other companies, um, and they just, they support each other. They came together to roll out like an associate revenue collective, which is where people like myself, um, up to, I think, head of, head of can join and, and, and learn best practices from each other, um, share events, share technologies that they they use that are great, um, and just really collaborate because we're kind of all in it together. I know we're all at different companies, but why not share your knowledge? I love that. I really do. So if I get it right, it's kind of a, a group, like you said, a collective of leaders, of people that work within sales where you may be from other different companies, but you can share best practices. You do webinars, campaigns, et cetera, with each other. And this is a really interesting point because um, I recently posted on LinkedIn about SDRs. Uh, so sometimes I used to be the SDR that said, oh, well, if that's my competitor, we're going to beat them. Like We don't want them to like take the market, et cetera, et cetera. But as I've grown up a little bit more, I'm like, well, do you know what? Even though I'm an SDR for this company and they're an SDR in their company, we're doing the same job. We're trying mm-hmm. to do the same thing. We're trying to help the same industry. So if it used to be, I don't know, Showpad versus Brainshark, or other competitors out there, I'd always like look at their SDRs and think like, do you know what, we're doing the same thing. I'd love to like help you out a bit. So I'm seeing more and more things such as like the SDR Nation, the Sales Enablement Society, where people are being able to like, you know, share these best practices regardless mm. of what company they're doing. But what cool stories or like things have you learned like from other people that are either in the same space or kind of working towards the same space? Yeah, just in terms of, uh, I suppose, outreaches as well, just like helping to understand people's priorities um in terms of these groups it's cool to see the personas i go after like there are a million other priorities so when you're reaching out and they say it's not a priority i'm not like why 
I can actually <laughs> understand like why they're not coming back because they've got these other thousand things to think of. Maybe they're not mature enough as a as a company for quite your delivering yet, or maybe they're uh, they're past it and they've got something. For example, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope that kind of answers your question. But mm. um, in terms of processes that I've learned, uh, video messaging via email, I didn't really do it that much prior to COVID. But you know, working <laughs> remotely, I just started to do it more, and I started to learn tips from people within the group on you know like mm. video uh, length for example make it a gif so they can see you waving just little tips like that were quite helpful and that's an interesting piece because i think when working with students or like giving advice trying to convince people to use videos in their emails messages and linkedin i always get like nah videos not for me what was it about video that kind of put you off and what then converted you into a, a video user what put me off at first is having to somebody being able to visualize me see me speaking and then sending that to somebody because like it, although it's not public speaking you're still having to record yourself speaking and send that to somebody where your face is going to pop up they don't know you it, it could be weird right um but what made me do it is to differentiate i suppose to be different because a lot of people don't do that so if if you tell me that most people don't leave voicemails then i'll leave voicemails if you tell me that mm. they don't leave videos then i'll do that because you've got to be ahead of other people right um otherwise you can't hit the results that you want <laughs> it's actually something i learned at showpad because within our first few weeks of onboarding way back in the day we'd have to record <laughs> ourselves pitching showpad and then send it to our managers to see if we were pitch perfect and then all of a sudden we start using things like vidyard uh, and we're using it with our prospecting tools where we'd have to have a, a script next to us with a piece of paper, pitch this. And now it's something that I do in trainings. I make SDRs to record themselves uh, recording their company value pitch if it's 30 seconds or 10 seconds. And the more you record yourself in front of a camera and you see yourself and you can hear yourself, you'll cringe probably the first couple <laughs> of takes and you'll fluff it up a little bit. But I think it really helps with, uh, what do you call it, just memorizing and getting it pitch perfect that you're not having to look at that script and you get more comfortable with yourself. And then I found every time I stepped into a, uh, I don't know, show pad sales cycle mm. and somebody said, and I'm not going to pretend that I remember the pitch now, but they said, <laughs> so what is show pad? You know, I would always feel confident and being able to say it like just off the bat. But for you, um, when you're trying to learn new things and memorize them and practice them, what are the, what are the techniques that you use to take what you've learned and then put it into action and then kind of test it out? Uh, yeah, good question. So I just make sure, one, I write it out, write it again, bullet point it, fully write it out again. And then I'll just record it a million times, tweak what I don't like, listen back to it myself, send it to others. My partner's great for that. Like I'll say, can you listen to this? And she'll go, no, Jordan, you're monotone. You've got no energy. <laughs> like, And she's brutal. Um, so that's quite important. And then, yeah, then take it to uh, Joe, who's my manager, and Sophie, who's um, she's great for feedback, uh, critical, but really gives a lot of um, um, constructive feedback in terms of improvement, So, which is helpful. Uh, I went for a stage of being here, you know, I, I come in, I learned everything quite quickly. I was like, this is great. And then went for a stage of overcomplicating things and then had to go for some development again. It happens. Um, yeah. So that kind of process has that. helped. <laughs> I, I love, love learning. So, so what you're saying is you'll write it down, you'll bullet point it, you'll pitch it, you'll record it, you'll listen back to it. You'll then send it to your partner to get honest, brutal feedback. Uh, you'll refine it a little bit more. 
Um, and that's the, the other bit that's interesting as well is where you mentioned with your partner and getting feedback. So when we first go from, I don't know, perhaps recruitment and then we're going into SaaS and we're having to explain what is SaaS to our family mm. and what is SaaS sales and stuff like that. How did they take it Like when you, you made this move and how did it impact your, your life at home? Um, yeah, in a positive way, I suppose, because at the time I was a bit unsure. Like I'd just become a dad, so I was a bit like, oh, God, my life's changed dramatically. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. um, and we just had quite a deep conversation after a group reached out to me and I said, I'm really interested in this. I think, you know, this is what will make me happy. It's going to you know, make me even more driven on top of what I was. And yeah, she was just really supportive. She was like, just go for it. Um, even through my interview process, which I was really selective with anyway, after we broke it down, she was like, why don't, why wouldn't you go for this company? Why would you? Yeah. So I suppose quite, um, quite reassuring, very supportive. As she said, as long as it makes me happy, um, that's all that mattered really. And as long as I felt proud doing that, and that's all that mattered for my son, really, like long term. So, I love it. And the reason why I ask that is because we've got a very similar story. Because when I just became a father, mm. I just joined Showpad as well. So <laughs> I know that feeling. And it's a question like them. I, I, I totally understand there may be some listeners, SDRs out there that are parents or to become parents, or, you know, they're not parents. But how do you manage like being an SDR, BDR? in a SaaS uh, life because I know it's very fast paced and then having that downtime to be with your family. How do you balance it? I'd love to hear from dad to dad. How, how do you do it, mate? Because I need some tips. Yeah, that's funny. It's, it's funny because I wrote uh, like a small article on it when I first joined uh, Showpad, like my transition so far, what had been important to master in terms of like time management. It's important in both, you know, to make sure I actually get out of work because I'm quite often the first one in for the last one out kind of thing um which was fine before but now it can't be that way because I need to see my son and help my partner out you know so you know time management um is number one like just don't be afraid to, to fail like being a father uh, being in the SaaS world you, you, you're going to learn every day right because no two days are the same the market changes your child's going to change for sure um relax a little bit like it, it, it is ultimately a ride, right? So just enjoy every day that you're doing it, being a father and and, and being in the sales environment because it's exciting. So yeah, that's kind of my, my three points uh, that I recommend to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, I think it's a skill set with, like you said, it's time management. It's that structure, getting it in place, learning and, you know, like you said, relax uh, a bit as well. Um but no, I think we, we've learned a hell of a lot in this podcast from yourself and some great tips. Um, if we were to speak to the Jordan of a few years ago before he embarked on this journey, what would you say are the three key bits of advice or takeaways that you'd like to give that person that's just about to or contemplating this uh, new career, dude? Every day is a school day. So just be an empty slate every single day. Be prepared to learn. Don't you know, don't not take advice somebody because they're more senior than you or they're junior compared to you. Just just honestly just be a, an open slate. Second thing, um, like it's okay to fail as long as you like assess again why things went wrong or, or how it went wrong. Like it's okay. I'm not saying call the same person a hundred times and he's definitely gonna buy something <laughs> off you because <laughs> it's just yeah. probably not the case. But like worst thing that can happen is 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 is, is, is you fail as long as you're like confident enough to pick yourself back up. Like you'll be okay. 
Um, make sure you're doing whatever you're doing for the right reasons. So just identify why you're doing this. Like if you're doing it to be successful, like why, why you wanting to be successful? What does that mean? Just to make sure like what you're doing as a job aligns. Cause I, I hear quite a lot of people go into sales, say, Oh, it's not for me. And then they run away from it kind of thing, but it is hard. So you've just got to make sure it's aligned to what success is for you, I suppose. And I think what'd be interesting is uh, definitely we're going to put into the show notes. Uh, maybe we can put in that link of, you know, when you just became a father and you're transitioning into that role, I think that'd be great for people to listen into. And uh, if somebody was out there and they wanted to connect with you, Jordan, to, to kind of pick your brain on something, maybe they're a recruiter that's just about to go into SaaS and thinking about an SDR. What's the best way to connect with you, dude? Uh, yeah, so just literally connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, drop me a message. I think my email's on there as well, so just drop me a line if you have any questions. Or if there's anything you can help me with, maybe you listened to here and said, actually, your communication could be better, Jordan. More than, listen, more than happy to, to listen to you. <laughs> Um, and as you're a sales enablement expert and you're in the world of like, you know, sales and marketing, it's a question that I asked, uh, I guess, a few weeks back of if somebody was to approach you cold on LinkedIn or on email, how should they send an email to Jordan Cornish? What should go into that good email? Um, for me personally, make sure it's personalized because if it's not, if completely honest, I'll just delete it because <laughs> um, it's expected from us as well. So make sure it's personalized. Don't be afraid to just, you know, let a bit of personality come through. Um, it's okay to be like funny, a bit of tongue in cheek. Um, keep it short. <laughs> I'm a dad, so don't have too much time. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, I really want to thank you so much for joining the SDR Disco Call podcast. We definitely want to have you back as a guest uh, in the coming months uh, and hear how things are going along. Um, and also say hello to Raphael for us as well. And uh, Jordan, happy selling, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.